and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. Hey, listen, if you're an OG, you remember we used to do it this way. We used to have an episode on Wednesday, and we would have an episode on Saturday. So that's what's going on here, man. We got an episode on Saturday. It's my response to Pastor Creflo Dollar. There's been a lot of uproar, a lot of things that's been going on. Uh, here's the first thing I will say. I want you to go listen to his uh, series uh, on tithing that he has done. And uh, it's called uh, The Truth About Tithing. Go to Creflo Dollar, uh, YouTube, go to Playlist, Truth About Tithing. Uh, so let's dig right on in. We won't pray or anything. We're just going to dig right on in here, man. We're going to trust the Spirit of God to lead us, and uh, it'll be good. This is my response to what has been said, but I do advise that you listen to it for yourself because a lot of times you can hear a clip, you can see somebody post something on a social media, and you can already uh, uh, make up, your, uh, predetermine what was said and the heart of what was said instead of listening to it for yourself. So that's what I would advise. Go to Creflo Dollar on YouTube and uh, go to the playlist and look up Truth About Tithing and start with the bread and wine. And uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, here's the first verse that I want to say, though. Psalms uh, 105 verse 14. He permitted no one to do them wrong. He's talking about the children of Israel. He never allowed the children of Israel. He never allowed anyone to do the children of Israel wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings. He's talking about during that time that Moses was leading them. He rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. The first thing I want to say is uh, I, I'm disturbed by how quickly people that, 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 that I've been around that I know of have been so quick to judge and to talk bad about Pastor Dollar. And Pastor Dollar, if you listen to this, sir, I love you, sir. You're my first you're my first pastor. Love you with all my heart. You and Pastor Taffy are a blessing to the body of Christ. Um, but there have been people. The, he said that he rebuked kings. The Bible says in, in the New Testament that he's made us, those who are born again, kings and priests unto our God. Uh, do kings still need to be rebuked today? Yes, they do. They need to be rebuked when they touch God's anointed ones and they do his prophets harm. He said, don't you do that. Don't do that. So here's, that's the first thing I'll say to start off. Whether, you know, something would have been said that's off the rails. I'm talking about way off the rails. And, and, and let's say it like this. Something happens and someone is overtaken in the fault. The Bible says that if we're spiritual, we will seek to restore someone. You see? Uh, but when are we going to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? When are we, we going to love on people? When are we going to listen to people, listen to their heart? Because the, the spirit and the heart of an individual is more important than their doctrine. Uh, let's keep going here. Second Corinthians 3 and verse 4. Uh, uh, oh, I love this. And we so we have such tw trust. What was I about to say? We have such trust. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's all putty cat. Let's go. We have such trust through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who also made us sufficient. Watch this as ministers of the new covenant. Ooh. 
God has made us sufficient. Let me talk to the preachers and the teachers. God has made you sufficient as a minister of the new covenant, not of the letter. That's what Paul said, but of the spirit. For the letter kills when the law was given initially, 120 people died. But the spirit gives life. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people that were filled with his spirit. But if the ministry of death, excuse me there, written and engraved on stones was glorious. Somebody say glorious. So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious? So he's saying the old covenant, the letter of the law, literally the letter of the law was glorious. Right. But he said that what's coming is going to be more. What has come by the ministry of the spirit is more glorious. And if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness, the revelation that we are made, the righteousness of God in Christ exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. If you skip on down, he says this, their minds were blinded uh, for until this day, that same veil remains in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is only taken away in Christ. Even to this day, to this day, man, it reminds me of that meme. To this day, to this day, to this day, man, that veil is still there when you read Moses, but it lies on their hearts. Don't you guys like what I did there? A little, anyway, I thought that was funny at least. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Ladies and gentlemen, there. Oh my goodness. Paul said, listen, Paul said it, Paul. All right. The OG, the apostle, it was Paul. Don't get mad at me. Paul said that God has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, the new Testament, not of the letter. He says that there's still a veil that's on the Old Testament. Jesus said it when he was here on the earth to the religious people of the day. He said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you've got life, but they're the ones that are testifying about me. In other words, if you don't see him, if you don't see Jesus, that's what Jesus dealt with. That's why they killed him because of the veil. They couldn't see because they were caught up in requirements of the law. Uh, What does this have to do with? this issue of tithing. I got three points. Point number one, requirement. Deuteronomy 14, 22 says this, you shall surely, uh, true. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. Let's talk about when this law is instituted. This is the, the law of tithing here. This is when it's in the law and you shall eat before the Lord, your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide, the tithe of your grain and your wine and your oil, the firstborn of your herds and your flocks, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Time out. So when they tithe initially, they didn't even, they don't tithe the way we tithe. And actually there's another verse that says that they gave a tithe of the tithe. There were people who tithed 20%, right? 
But what he's saying here is how it initially worked was they tithed on grain, wine, and oil, the firstborn of the herds and the flocks. Man, y'all know y'all ain't got no, no y'all know y'all ain't got none of this. Well, I mean, some of y'all got wine, but anyway, you know, some of y'all ain't got none of this. Flocks and herds and things. But that was the initial tithe. But watch what you what you did here. Verse 24 of Deuteronomy 14. But if the journey is too long for you so that you're not able to carry the tithe, if or if the place where the Lord's chosen to put his name is too far from you, let's say if we make it today, you're going to church and the church is about three hours away. You can't carry the, all the sheep and, and, and goats with you. He said, this is what you'll do. You will exchange the tithe of the flock, the herd. You'll exchange it for money. Take the money into your hand and go to the place. Look, guys, tithing, even in the beginning, you did it with flocks and with herds. and it, You only did money if it, if it was too far out of the way, is what I'm saying. We don't tithe today like they tithe then. <laughs> Let's keep going. So this is when the law of tithing. Talking about Moses, we're talking about the ministration of death, condemnation. This is when the tithing is introduced. It's not the first time it pops up, and we're going to get to that, and I'm really excited about getting to that. It's not the first time that it pops up, obviously, but it is the, one of the first times that it's mentioned in terms of the law, Put a requirement of the law. Point number one is requirement. Malachi 3 and verse 8, let's let's dig a little bit deeper here. Like I said, I'm not trying to hold you long. I'm not trying to preach at you. I want you to listen to what Pastor Dollar has said. It's just my response to what he has said. Malachi, but I'm going to talk with scriptures as I always do. I love scriptures. I love the word of God. Malachi 3 and verse 8 through 12 says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering, not tithes, in tithes and offering. Uh, I've got an accent, y'all. Just deal with it. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, such a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all the nations will call you blessed and you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. But notice he says all the nations will call you blessed. That's something that was said to Abraham. Now, if we read Malachi 2, 2, he goes on to talk about this curse. He says, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Man, listen, you you done. You kaput if your blessings are cursed. Golly, yeah, I've cursed them already, he goes on to say, because you did not take it to heart. So if you didn't tithe under the old covenant, you were cursed. Your stuff was cursed. I mean, listen, you're going to have a bad day. You know, you remember you had a bad day song? You were going to have, you were going to be that song. That's just your life, man. You had a bad day. And you're going to be, that was going to be your whole life. But Galatians 3.13 for us under the New Testament says this, Christ, uh-oh, has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Uh, well, 
kind of right because that's how most people preach it i mean i've heard preachers that preach this with fire preach it with moxie christ i mean sassy they get a little sassy about christ has redeemed us bless god from the curse of the law and then the very next sunday when they got a new project and when they they, when there's a lot of people because there's the spirit of mammon that's creeping into the church a lot of people they want an extra they want some extra money to do something they'll come up saying if you don't tithe you cursed Ladies and gentlemen, either Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law or he didn't. He's redeemed Elijah Isaiah Murrow from the curse of the law. And everything that's not written in the curse of the law, bless God, every sickness and every disease is not written in there. And this includes the curse that comes from not returning the tithe. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Are you going to counsel me or are you going to listen to me? You're going to hear me out. Stay with me. If you stay, listen, watch me. I'm going to be bold when I say this if you stay with me I will show you unapologetically no argument nothing I will show you what the purpose of the original the OG tithe what its purpose was and what it still is under the new covenant if you'll stay with me and it will be unquestionable it'll be right there in front of your face if you stay with me I will show you the uh, I'm talking about when it first popped up I'll show you the original intent if you stay with me. But Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. Watch this. Uh, I agree with what Pastor Dollar is saying. Uh oh. I agree with it. Here's what I'm. Here's what. Here, what do you agree with, Elijah? Well, he's he's. Here's what you got to hear. What he is saying, not what he's not saying. He's not saying that you don't don't tithe. He's just saying you don't have to. To get blessed, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. But yes, I do agree with him. But this is my response. Here's my response with scriptures to people who have come against the man of God. And he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of God's children is perfect other than the child of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the OG. I'll be mean, the original one, right? The, the gangster. All right. I tell you, I wouldn't want to cross Jesus. You feel me? He's the one that's perfect. That's it. He's the one with perfect doctrine. That's it. Him. <laughs> He's the one, right? But I do agree with it. Let's keep going here. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law for his written curses. Everyone that hangs on the tree. Watch this part. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. Here's what you got to remember. We we were aliens to this covenant. See, because oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're showing me stuff I hadn't seen. Because, see, we're trying so hard to be Jewish. <laughs> I'm Listen, homeboy, I ain't Jewish. Okay? I like my I like me some bacon. I, I'm not Jewish, my guy. I like me some pork chops. I'm not Jewish. See, I'm not. I'm a Jew inwardly. I have scripture that says that. There is that. Because of circumcision of the heart. That deals with the circumcision of the heart. Ah, I can say that, <laughs> but I'm not you. See, here's what I'm saying. He had to redeem you from the curse of the law because you were a Gentile. That's all that was available to you was a curse. You couldn't, you couldn't even tithe and then get blessed. No, no, you were a Gentile period. So he had to get rid of the whole curse so that you could come in too. He had to redeem, buy you back from all the curse of the law. Cause he only had one covenant people. 
He only had one covenant people, Israel. He's got two covenant people now. He's got Israel. He's got Zion. And, and, and a lot of them are intermingled. And that's a good thing that needs to continue. But, but he had to redeem you first to even get your tail in here. And you trying to live like a Jew? Your shofar will only get you so far. Anyway, uh, let me get back over here. I'm getting in trouble now. Romans 6. Oh, I'm preaching now, though. Romans 6, verse 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Galatians 4, 4 says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you're sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Galatians 5, 18, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But if you are led by the spirit, ah, oh, man, that what's the answer to a thousand and one questions? <laughs> Be led. The more I study scripture, the more that statement from my spiritual father rings the more truer, even though that's very bad English. <laughs> but the more I study, the more I see God's heart, the more I see about the conscience, the more I see about different things. I'm getting on a side journey. Let me dial it back in. But the more I study, the more I agree that the answer to a thousand and one questions in your life is to be led by the spirit. Because there's a part of us that wants to be under a, a law. You see, and and don't get me wrong, the, the law of love is in play, and, but who, who sheds abroad that love? It's the Holy Spirit. When I say under a law, it's like rule keeping and then if, if, if self-righteousness. Oh, by the way, let's talk about self-righteousness. Uh, that, that's in my notes actually right here. Luke 18. Uh, you know, the, the verse that people use about tithing a lot is what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23. He said you ought to tithe. And, but, you know, and I've used that verse too, and I'll probably use it again. I'm not going to lie, but. We've got to look at the original, the context of it. He's talking about tithing of mint, of cumin, right? And these different things. You do that and you neglect the weightier matters of the law, uh, justice, mercy, and faith. He said these things you ought to have done. Tithe, now, here's the what's the context? Tithing of mint and cumin. That you ought to have done and not to leave the rest undone. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't tithe of a mint and cumin. So we're talking about that verse for tithing as a whole with what I do, I'm not tithing because <laughs> I'm not do I'm not tithing off of mint and cumin. You see what I'm saying? But there's another verse that there's two instances that Jesus says tithe that that comes out of his mouth. And this is the second in instance, Luke 18. Now this, this one doesn't get talked about as much. Luke 18 verse nine. Also, he spake this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Uh Oh, and despised others. He said, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you. I'm not like other men. I can hear him praying this loud. God, I thank you. Yeah, he said, God, I thank you. I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterous, or even as this tax collector. Now, I can't prove this is, but you can't prove it isn't. I believe that this tax collector here is Matthew is what I believe. I believe that Jesus is, I believe that's where Jesus heard this story from, was from Matthew. Matthew told him about the, hey, there was a time when I went to a, a, a temple one time where, you see what I'm saying? It just, it makes sense to me that one day Matthew and Jesus were talking and and Matthew said, hey, you know, the, the one time I was, and then Jesus is like, yeah, I know, I my father heard you, you know, we heard you. 
You see? Uh, anyway, let's keep going. I can't prove it is. You can't prove it's not. And he says, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not like this tax collector. There's two things that he says to solidify, to verify his self-righteousness status, right? There's two things he says to, and he uses. Number one, I fast twice a week. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but number two, I give tithes of all that I possess. Jesus calls this attitude, him saying, hey, I give tithes. He's saying that here's what it is. It, this in this in this context, this is someone who under requirement under the law. Here's what happens with that, because the Pharisees were about the law through and through. They even added laws. That's how that's how G'd up they were when it came to the law. They were so law. They loved the law so much that they added some more to it, which they shouldn't have done, because Proverbs says you don't add to and you don't take away. But anyway, he, they added it to it. And he says, I give. He could have said any two things, by the way. He could have said any two things he wanted to. But the, the two things that he said, he fasted twice a week and he gave tithes of all that he possessed. Jesus calls this people who trust in themselves and he called self-righteousness. And he says that these are people that despise others. And he goes on to say that because he says that. The tax collector stood afar off. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his chest and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. That just seems so backwards for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. The, the third thing Jesus calls this, this man saying that I fast, I tithe and looking at for that to be his righteousness. The third thing Jesus calls that is pride. There are people who tithe and they tithe it to, to be self-righteous, to look at what they're doing and their own and, and declaring their uh, independence from God and trying to do it in a way that, man, I tell you, look at what I did. And man, I tithe, man, and we gave and, and this project is over and complete, man. Bless God, I, I'm doing that. I'm knocking it out of the park. And then he says that that's somebody that will despise others That'll be mean to others. That's what this man does. I'm not like other people, man. So shoot. We ain't like them other folks who into that. Well, I'm not going to get too real for you. And then he calls the third thing he says is pride. And God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'm just saying there are people who tithe out of self-righteousness. And that's what Pastor Dollar is addressing as well. Uh, point number two, point number one was requirement. Point number two is response. Your life and mine, ladies and gentlemen, should be an ongoing conversation between grace and faith. That's a quote from my spiritual mentor and friend, Pastor Jeremy Pearson. The second Corinthians five, seven says this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, let me say this. I know this too, that turn it on a dime has gotten some more plays. The podcast I did on tithing has a lot more plays in the last couple of days. Oh, that rhymed. Look at me rapping on the mid-podcast. I just find that funny that we've gotten some more plays there on that one. And and there's some things that I'm going to have to correct because I, you know, I, I, I like to study the scriptures, man. I've been listening to Pastor Dollar, and I've been looking at scriptures, and I've been listening to what he's saying, and I'm like, I, th there it is right there. Uh, now, let me preface what I'm about to say here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I'm going to read that again. We walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 4 and verse 12 says this, And the father of circumcision to those who are not only of the circumcision, but also those who walk in the steps of faith. Okay, time out. 
We walk by faith and not by sight. Well, if you're walking, you're taking steps. You know, you got your Fitbit on or your your iWatch or, or, or whatever you've got and it, it or your phone and it tracks your steps. You're walking. So there's steps. So what are these steps? What do the steps look like? Well, here it is. We walk by faith, not by sight. But okay, but what are the steps? Because you can't walk without steps. What do the steps look like? What do they mirror? These steps are a steps that are in the, the steps of faith. I said steps like three times there. Forgive me there. These steps, oh, I said it again, of faith is the same, are the same ones as our father Abraham. Come on, guys. Ah, if you want to see how it's done, you go to Abraham. Now it's time to go there because I know you've been thinking about it uh, Isaiah 46 10 let me start there first the Bible says that God declares the end from the beginning you know God doesn't start anything until he finishes it God never starts anything until he finishes it he's just he's just g'd up like that he's goaded that way I mean that's just how goaded he is he doesn't start anything until he finishes it but let me also say this let me use this as uh, as well I believe that if you if you want to see God's original intent for mankind, the best place to look for it, other than the New Testament, obviously, the, the New Testament is the superior place. That's the place to look in Paul's revelation, what Paul saw. But another place to look, the only other best place to look in your Bible is Genesis. Because watch this, because God declares the end from the beginning. Genesis means beginnings. The book of beginnings. God declares the end from the beginning. Let me use this as an example. We're talking about Abraham. What did Abraham do with Isaac when he, when he was going to offer his son, his only begotten son? Uh, his, his, well, his only begotten son in, in, the, in the confines of the covenant that God made with him, right? Because he, he had Ishmael and God blessed Ishmael. But this is the son. This is the one. And what is that a type of, though? It's the type of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Oh, my God. Is a type of Jesus dying. And what did Abraham say? The Lord will provide himself a lamb. That's where he's, he's talking about Jesus. Where do we see that? We see that in the, in the beginning. The end is declared from the beginning. Where do we see it? When God says that to the woman, when he, when he says to Eve who had eaten of the fruit and the, the fall has happened, what has he said about that serpent? He'll, 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 oh, golly. he'll attack you, uh, but you'll stomp on him. What is that? That's, he's talking about Jesus. Oh, my goodness. But where do we see it? In the book of beginnings. You know, there's all these these names, the names that, that are listed. I, uh, I forget exactly what that message is. I don't have it in my notes. But uh, if you look at these certain names, just search up uh, Genesis uh, and names and Jesus. Because if you look up the meaning of these different names, it's telling you the whole story of redemption. But where do we see that whole story of redemption? In the book of he declared the end from the beginning. All right. So if you want to see, like I said, Genesis has a lot of examples of what not to do, obviously, because there's fallen people uh, post uh, Genesis chapter two. But at the same token, there is a lot of good things in there about how God wants this thing to look like. He declares the end from the beginning. Do you see that? Uh, Genesis chapter 14. Let's look at it. 
uh, let's set up the story. Abraham has been with Lot. There was some strife that went on between them. Abraham is a man of faith. He says, I don't want any strife in our camp. Let's split up here. You look over here and you pick whatever you want. Of course, uh, Lot picks the, the lush greenery of Sodom over the desert. And so Abraham's like, all right, bet they separate. And uh, we're here. Lot gets uh, kidnapped. Him and his family, four kings come together to take Sodom. Uh, and, and Lot and his family are taken. And it's a whole ordeal. Abraham hears about it. He gets his staff together who have no experience with war and they go out and they beat four kingdoms. <laughs> you know, this can only be God. And God does it, and that's the story. And let's set it up. He's going back to the king of Sodom to meet him. And he says, After this, uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, of Salem, excuse me, brought out bread and wine. Well, what is that a type of? That's a type of communion. Where's the first place we see communion? The communion that you and I are to take. We see it in Genesis because God declares the end from the beginning. Uh, he, he brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high and he blessed him. And he said, blessed be Abram of God most high possessor of heaven and earth. He did what he blessed him and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abraham gave him Melchizedek a tithe of all. Now the king of, of Sodom said to Abram, give me the person and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I've raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. Notice he picks up on what Melchizedek said. Melchizedek said to Abram, blessed are you of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. We see Abram say here, uh, I've lifted my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. Abraham picks up that wordage here that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap. What? <laughs> and that I will not take anything that is yours. Lest you should say, I've made Abraham rich, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion that goes with the men that went with me. Now, we're going to come back to this. So keep this in mind. This is the first time we see tithe, right? So let's go to point number three. Point number two is response. Let me let me preface that. Let me finish this up part, this part at least, and then we'll come back to Genesis. So Abraham didn't give to get blessed. He didn't return the tithe to get blessed. He did it because he had a revelation that he was blessed, correct? Because what happened first, Melchizedek blessed him first, and then Abram, as a response to that blessing, because grace and faith, right? As a response, gave him a tithe. But here's the thing. Where in that do you see God say to Abram, you need to tithe, bud, or I'm going to send Gabriel in a checkered suit with a matching fedora with a baseball bat to, to, to knock out your flock. I don't see that anywhere. Where is it that we see where God requires him to do it? I don't see that anywhere. But I do see a man realizing that he has been blessed and out of a heart of gratitude responding to that by giving a tithe. Point number three now. We'll come back to Genesis 14. Point number three, not by way of commandment. Uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul never puts an emphasis on tithing. You can't find it. Well, Elijah, you know, Hebrew, we believe Paul wrote Hebrews. I'm going to get to that. But you never see him talk other than that place, of course, where he talks, puts an emphasis on tithing. If Paul did write he, the book of Hebrews, we believe he did. He, there's no other place that he puts a emphasis on tithing. 
Now, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 through 7 says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God. He, here, here's what he puts an emphasis on. He puts an emphasis on grace giving, and that's what I'm reading about right here. We make known to you the grace of God bestowed upon the church of Macedonia, and the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, and their great poverty abounded in the, rich, in the riches of their liberality. Uh, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely uh, willing, uh, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Notice that Paul calls giving uh, the ministry to the saints. It's a ministry to the saints. Not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to God. That's the first thing they did. They gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he had begun, that he would also complete this grace in you also. You abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, but I want you to abound in this grace also. What is this grace he's talking about? It's the grace of giving. That's what Paul puts an emphasis on, not tithing, other than uh, the book of Hebrews, if he is the one that wrote it. <clears throat> so 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 8 in the yeah, and the New King James says this, I speak not by commandment about giving. I don't speak by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Another translation says, I don't speak by way of commandment, but as proving through the earnesty of others. Because he's talking about these, the others of the church of Macedonia. They're like, listen, we want to give. We want to be a part of this. Take it. And he's saying, I'm, I'm using what they did. I'm testing you to see if you have that same sincerity and love. But he, here's the, what, the powerful part. He says, I'm not doing this by way of commandment. It's not giving uh, by demand or because of a demand of a divine law that can bless the giver, but it's giving spontaneously and freely and springing from a motive of love, appreciation and gratitude. It's this kind of giving and this uh, kind of giving alone that can ever do the giver any good. Anything else won't do a bit of good. It has to be done from the heart. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says this. This I say, he who sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each give, watch this part now, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. The word necessity here, one of the meanings, if you look up the meaning in the Bible dictionary, go to Bible Hub, look it up for yourself. One of the words of necessity is not giving in response to pressure that's imposed by the external conditions of things or by the law of duty. If you read it in the Passion Translation, it says it like this. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. But he says, give as you purpose in your heart. And ladies and gentlemen, it is no longer by way of commandment. If you read Matthew Matthew chapter six says, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 15, he says this, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So we wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a stretch to combine those two verses and say it like this, where your treasure is, there will your honor be also. And it wouldn't be a stretch to read the other verse like this. 
They honor me with their lips, but their treasure is far from me. Uh, my spiritual father said it best, Brother Keith Moore. And of course, I'm going to say he said it best because I'm a little biased. But let me re retract that and say it this way. My spiritual father said it well. That tithing should be about honoring God and giving him access. Proverbs 3 and verse 9 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It's about honoring God. It's not about keeping the boogeyman off of you. It's not about making sure Gabriel doesn't come in with the baseball bat. No, it's about honoring God and giving him access from the heart. It's a heart issue. It's the heart that God looks at. And I want to correct a couple of things by reading Genesis chapter 14. But do you see what I'm saying there? It's about the heart. He said, don't give in response to pressure. Don't give in the sense of religious duty. What's he talking about? This, this is something that he, he had to deal with because he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He would have been another Pharisee that would have said and prayed that, hey, I thank you. I'm not like other men. I thank you that I, I fast twice a week. I thank you that I'm over here tithing on everything. He would have been one of the Pharisees. I'm not saying that that's the Pharisee in that story, you understand. I'm just saying that with the background, he would have prayed something similar probably. When he was a Pharisee, because he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was the top notch one. But even he said, I don't, don't do it. I'm not saying this by commandment. I'm not saying this because the only kind of giving that will do the giver any good is when it's done from a motive of love, appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving. Not when it's done when you feel like God's going to beat you up if you don't or God's going to curse you if you don't. That's why your baby died because you didn't tithe. Come on, man. What kind of a bull crap is that? Come on, man. No, 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 no. Let's go back to Genesis 14 and wrap this up. Genesis 14, 17, 17 through 24. I'm going to skip down and read. Um, when Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out the, the bread and wine, he was a priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him. And he said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abraham, gave Melchizedek tithe of tithe of all. Here's the first thing I'm going to correct. Here's what I've used, used to preach and say, and I probably said it and I'm turning on the dime. I've preached and I've said that uh, return the tithe is a, is, a, is a term that I use because I've heard it. And that's what I've been taught all my life. But I don't agree with that anymore. Uh-oh. Time out. Put your stone down. Second Corinthians. We walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 14. Excuse me. Romans chapter 4 verse uh, 13. We walk in the same steps of faith. Verse 12, we walk in the same steps of faith as our father Abraham. We got to look at Abraham. We want to see how, declaring the end from the beginning. Let's see the original intent. Of the, he said here that he, Abraham, gave. I'm pausing for effect. He, Abraham, gave, not returned, gave him. Melchizedek, a tithe of all. <laughs> now the king of Salem, or excuse me, the king of Sodom said to Abram, here, here we go. Oh, here's the big clincher. I went a little longer than what I wanted to, but here's what, here's what I wanted to get to. Here it is. What, what was the original intent? 
what does the tithe what did the tithe originally signify here we go we're about to see it now the king of sodom said to abram give me the persons and take the goods for yourself but abraham said to the king of sodom i raise my hand to the lord god most high the possessor of heaven and earth that i will not take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that i will take I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I made Abraham rich, except you give the portion to the young men that were with me. What does the tithe, what did the tithe originally represent? He said, Abram said, I've lifted my hand to God. Now, in the cross reference of my Bible, it takes me to Daniel chapter 10, excuse me, Daniel chapter 12, and uh, it's talking about a prophetic issue. So there's no place in the Bible that says and shows us where Abraham lifted his hand to God. When did he lift his hand to God? Well, he tells you right here. I lifted my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. Ladies and gentlemen, the original intent of giving the tithe when Abraham gave, not returned, gave the tithe he gave the tithe to sig oh my god it signified that he lifted his hand to god <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i don't give by way of commandment i don't give because i feel like god's gonna curse me if you don't know christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law ladies and gentlemen i give i don't return i give the steps of faith abraham we will lie jesus said you all the tithe and the tithe was talking about returning to the lord they listen steps of faith Abraham, he's, he's the example. He's the goat. He's the example where it comes to this. He gave. He didn't return. He gave a tithe. Yeah, Elijah, but Paul talked about it in the Hebrews. If he wrote Hebrews, he talked about Melchizedek. Jesus, the high priest, I've ordered Melchizedek. Here, men that die, receive tithe. Okay, great, great, great. Awesome. Who's he talking about? He's an, a high priest after who, with the order of who? Melchizedek. With Melchizedek, there was no returning. There was only giving. Ah, come on, man. It's right in front of our faces. It, with Melchizedek, he gave him a tithe. He did not return. And that's the high priest that Jesus is after. That's the model that he's after because he wants it to come from a heart. Ooh, and he wants it to come as a declaration of dependence on him, that I depend upon God, that I look to him. And when you do that, as your father Abram did, Abraham, but here called Abram did, when you do that, ladies and gentlemen, what you and I are doing when we give the tithe, not return it, not, not out of obligation, but out of a revelation that we are blessed, that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places because we believe that out of gratitude we will give when we do that ladies and gentlemen what are we doing we've lifted our hand to god abram told the king of sodom i lifted my hand to god that's when he lifted his hand to god he lifted his hand to god when he gave not returned when he gave the tithe Jacob said that if the Lord brings me back to my home safely and he provides for me and he does all these things for me, then out of everything I get, I'll return, well, give, not return. I see that religion is still there. I got to get that religion out. Even I'm learning. We are all learning today, ladies and gentlemen. We don't ever stop learning. He gave a tithe. That's what I'm saying. It's not return. I, listen, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't believe in returning the tithe. I do believe in giving it because it has to be not out of a sense of pressure because God loves and refuses to do without a cheerful prompt to do it giver. 
You know, he could have he said God loves a, a cheerful tither, but that's not what he said. What does God love? It's been in front of our faces the whole time. What does God love? A giver, a cheerful giver. <laughs> I don't return the tithe, I give it. And by the way, Pastor Dodd says this too, and this is epic. This is epic thing and an epic point. What if God wants you to give more than 10%? Because there are people who just give 10% and they said, that's it. You know, my spiritual father tells a story about an individual who would get, who gave, I think as, as far up as like 90%, he gave to God and he lived off of 10. It got to that level. What is that? He was generous. See, it wasn't a law to, for him. It wasn't this requirement thing to keep God from hurting him. It was out of a revelation. God, you're so good. You're, you blessed me so much. I just want to share my gratitude, show my gratitude, show my honor for you. And, G and God said in Second First Samuel 2.30, those who honor me, I will honor. The tithe, giving the tithe, I don't believe in returning the tithe. I believe in giving because I walk. Listen, I don't know about you, Ben, but I walk in the same steps of faith as Abraham. I don't know about you, Jesse. I walk in the same steps with my father, Abraham. I don't know about you, Jocelyn. I don't know about you, Sandy. I don't know about you, Randy. I don't know about you, Charles. Whatever, put your name there. I don't know about you, but I'm walking in the same steps of faith as Abraham. And Abraham, you can't find one verse of scripture where it says Abraham returned the tithe. But you can find a place where he said he gave it. And when you and I do that, when we honor the Lord with our substance, that's what it's about. It's about honor. It's about the heart. When we do that, ladies and gentlemen, when we honor the Lord, huh, he was able to honor us. Because after these things, according to Genesis 15, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, Abram, I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. That word reward has to do with pay, recompense. In other words, God's saying, listen, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your pay. You get me. The check says God. You know what the numbers are? It, instead of saying numbers, it says G-O-D. It said El Shaddai. It, 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 you get me. I'm your paycheck. Ooh, ooh, that's a good. That's good. I like that. God said, I'm your paycheck. Bless. Ooh, oh, God, that'd be anointings on that. He said, you get me. What happened? Abraham honored God and God honored him. That's what it's about. I don't believe that if you don't tithe, you're cursed with a curse. Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. Well, Elijah, if you preach this, people will stop giving. Well, if they stop giving, then they never loved God to begin with because the chief expression of love is giving. And Paul said, I'm not speaking by way of commandment, but I am testing you. I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. These people who are broke, <laughs> they're wanting to give. So I'm going to test your love and see if you're going to give. It's about love. It's about a response to how good our God is. I'm not tithing to keep the boogeyman off of me. <laughs> I'm not tithing so uh, Gabriel doesn't bust my kneecaps. I give the tithe because he's blessed me. He's given me a podcast that's that's reached <laughs> 57 countries. I've had amazing guests on the podcast. I've got amazing friends. I've got amazing minister friends. I've got a, a amazing family, a father and a mother that, that love me. I got a great big brother. I got a great sister-in-law, great nephew, a niece on the way. Uh, he's just been too good to me. He's provided for my needs time and time again. He, he blessed me with all spiritual blessings. He loved me before when I was his enemy. He, he loved me before I even knew him. 
He, he took care of me. He provided for me. I gladly give. Here, God, take it. I, I'm giving to you. I want to respond to your grace by showing my faith that you are more than enough, that you are the one who gives me the victory, not my tithing. My tithing doesn't give me the victory. I tithe because you already gave me the victory. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my response to Pastor Creflo Dollar. I love you guys so much. We're going to have a new episode Wednesday. It's going to be good. Excited about what the Lord has for us. My name's Elijah Merle. Don't you ever forget this now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com. Thank you.